You are now tuned into the Panther Nation podcast. DeLone fires to an open Smith. Steve oh. Smith is going to go all the way. No flag down. Welcome to the Panther Nation Podcast, and here are your hosts, Rashad Beard and David Hey, y'all like that? Y'all like that? That little, little new look? Got rid of the old track? Got rid of the old track? A little new new, new vibrations? What's popping with the people? Let me turn myself up. Hold on. Hold on, Dave. I think I'm a little low. I think I'm a little low. What's good, Dave? How you, how you feeling? What's up? Pretty good, man. Pretty yeah, good. Man. Pretty good. I'm still surviving the Rona. Still out in these streets? Still out still in these out streets? These, you know what I'm saying? I just I just read an article. They're about to open your uh, your adjacent state, man. Yeah. They're about to open South Carolina tomorrow. South CAC looking like it's about to open back up, but guess who won't be there? This guy. This guy will not be in South Carolina. For sure. For sure. Um but yeah, man, what's going on? It looks like I, I, it looks like a lot of people gonna be at the ba- at the Babyface concert right now, which is cool. They kind of got us. It's all good. It's all they good. They did get us, man. Yeah, it's they, their fault though. If they would have been right on Saturday, they wouldn't have had this problem on Monday. That's and I true. heard they had struggling at the beginning too. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't. I catch the. I'll catch the replay on YouTube. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting most of y'all to catch the replay of this show too once it once it gets cracking. But uh, but Dave, what's what's going on, brother? What's going on, my G? It's going, man. How you it's feeling? Going. It's, it's draft Pretty- week. It's draft. It week. is. It's draft week. We got some special guests tonight. We do have some special guests. They will be joining in about thirteen minutes. Uh, we have the four man rush. A couple guys from the four four man rush joining us. Um, but yeah, man, should be should be good times. We're gonna go over the draft, a little bit of draft prep. Um, but yeah, man, how's how's it going? How's it going though? Pretty how's good, it? man. Pretty good, man. We the family's maintaining right now. You know what I'm saying? We we surviving. We're surviving and advancing at this point. That's where we're at at this point. That's where yeah. we're at. What yeah, about you, man? I'm good. So, oh, real quick, I got an update. I haven't updated Dave on a couple things. So, Dave, I don't know if you heard about the little scuffle I got us in last week. Nah, uh, I saw or, a little me, bit. I saw me that I got. I, 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 got I, I saw. In. I saw portions of the scuffle, man. Yeah, man. And and what I've learned is that he's got an interesting uh, portion of the fan base, man. Yeah, no, he does. I mean, it's it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like like I said. I said what I said. I stand by what I said. Um, definitely not backing down just because you know what you know. You got a couple people coming at me. I don't care. Uh, and also, just just to you know, I had some people show me love in the DMs. So shout out to y'all that that uh, that's still riding with your boy. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. Your your boy had something to say. He did a little a little a little a little diss track. Dave, a little diss track. Um, you did a diss track? No, not a track. But he put a video out. Um, oh, he, oh, you know, just on us. Kind of, kind of, without saying the names, he sneaked this to day. He, oh. he he ain't say no names, so uh, I I you know I commented, um, and uh, you know it, it I, I said like I said I put it, I put everything uh, in in the comments. So if you want to go back and look at that video, I said what I said and I stand by everything I said. Here comes the money. Uh, shout out, shout out Here to we go. Money talk. But yeah, Here comes man. The money. listen, man, listen, I understand. <laughs> and, 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 and in times like this, I can completely respect. 
if you're out here watching this Teddy Riley and Betty face with your with your missus. I can't be mad at that right absolutely, now. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's still, but it's still on them for dropping this ball on Saturday. I'm out here trying to live stream, watch this joint, looking forward to it. And Teddy Riley out here trying to trying to do this five piece band with the DJ and and backup dancer, and it didn't work out. I, I, I snuck in there for a minute before the show started the song. That Teddy learned his lesson. It was just him. Cool. It was just him, and it was Babyface. Cool. And that was it. All right, I hope you. No, no, I'm yo, I'm cool. Like, no, I'm cool with I'm cool. Panthers guy, FSU. I'm cool with your boy. Um, it's it's. I have no beef. No, no. Again, I'm not gonna get up here and beef with nobody. First of all, I know what real beef is, and I'm I'm not. We not. I'm too old for that. Okay, but at the end of the day, I got. We have mutual viewership. Okay, he got way more followers than us, and I and I said that he got a lot of followers. He does he does things a little bit different, which is cool. I, I never I never got up here and said, oh, the way you do things is bad. What I said was you need to be careful where you get your information and stop spreading fake news, which is what he he's done on a couple occasions. That's all I said. You know, he, you know, he came at came at us and said, you know, he's out here saving lives and, you know, doing all this other stuff. And that's cool. That's cool, bro. But, but keep it real with your people. Don't 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 sell yourself out for clickbait. And that's what I said at, on the joint. And I, I again, I stand by what I said. It's cool. I have no beef with your boy. At the end of the day, it's it's cool. No beef. I don't got no beef. But I, I call we, him out. We adults, man. Yeah, call. I mean, yo, it's it's just crazy to me where we live in it. We live in an era where it's cool to spread fake news and people just like are cool with it. That like that baffles me. Like I get it because you know we. Anyway, I digress. But I get it. I get it. if people out here cool with fake news. Not me. if it's entertainment, it's entertainment. It's, yeah, it's entertainment. But it's entertainment, but it's a, you can't mislead the fan base. Is what I'm saying. Because we got the same viewership. We we got people up here coming coming telling us, hey, you know, you hear what this dude said? Yeah, I heard what he said, but it's not true. None of what he said is is is, is accurate. If if it's crazy, I'm gonna call it out. But you know, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. I don't. I so. I'm looking at this message about Pat. I haven't heard anything about Pat. No, I don't know what's good with Pat. I haven't listened to Pat. And again, I'm cool with everybody, bro. Like I said. Yeah. I'm Shout cool. out to Pat. I we hope everything's Pat. well with him. I'm cool with Pat. I've had Pat on the show. I've had uh we've had Shellatron on the show. We've had we've had the four man rush on the show. C three is cool. Everybody's cool. I don't got no beef. I don't got no beef with nobody. But at the end of the day, I will continue to call out fake news if if it comes across. I don't watch the show. You know what I'm saying? I don't watch that. It's it's not my thing. I don't I don't want to be entertained by that. I want the real news and I want to break it down. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. That's, but there's a lot of people that want to see that, and that's okay. That's y'all lane. But it is what it is. It, it, it's cool. At the end of the day, it's no beef. But you can't spread fake news to people. That's all I'm saying. And then portray it when you portray it as true when you know it's false. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, at the end of the day, why I don't, it is do you see? Do you see why I don't? I don't. I don't listen to too many other podcasts. Yeah, you know, I'll hit a, I, yo. I watch Pat. I'm cool with Pat. I watch Shellatron occasionally. Yeah, I I'll watch, watch Four Man Rush guys too. Yeah, you know what Same I'm saying. Man. Like, but I don't. I can't. I don't have enough time in the day. Even now, like, I don't have enough time in the day. And again, and again, man, I'm I'm never gonna get up here and tear down a like that dude puts out a lot of he, they, yo. Him and Shellatron are in the same lane essentially. They put out a lot of the, the the same stuff. They react like as soon as the news drops, boom, they got a video coming out within the next 15 minutes. That's not us. We're not doing that. Like, 
yo, I ain't got enough time to do that. You know what I'm saying? That's why we we set Mondays aside. We get on the show for an hour and a half, two hours, and just react to everything. You know what I'm saying? That's our lane. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. So that's what that's what our purpose is. We don't we different from that. We don't we don't we can't react that quickly because we don't have time to put out stuff like that. So it is what it is. We put out one show every week, and if it's some breaking news, we'll get out there and try to react. But them dudes put out like so much content. You're gonna have a lot of viewers when you're putting out that much content. That's just that's the nature of what people want to see nowadays. But anyway, Dave, I want to I want to get off of that because I did want to tell you. I, I haven't told you this yet, Dave, because I hit the dude last night. The Derrick Brown documentary. So I was we were supposed. It didn't happen, Dave. It didn't happen. Oh. It did. It did not happen. So uh, I was approached uh, by a production company. Um, that wanted to use some of my audio from a uh, the film session videos that I do to be featured in a Derrick Brown documentary. Um, we had agreed on pricing, um, and it was it's, I think it debuted. It, it's supposed to debut today. Uh, we had agreed on pricing, um, but uh, but I guess they made some sweeping changes that happened last night. End up removing the audio that they had they wanted to purchase from me. So. I guess budget something may have happened with the budget, but it didn't happen. But the anyway, the dude is real. The dude from the production company is real cool. He hit me up. He apologized and said, um, you know, if we have any future videos um, or anything, any future documentaries, you know, he's gonna hit us up and, and you know, because that's what he does is sport con- sports content. So again, it was supposed to happen, um, but Here it, comes it the did money. not happen. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. But. But yeah, it it was supposed it was supposed to happen. It did not happen. But it it just goes to show you, like, yo, it just goes to my point I was saying earlier. Like, yo, this is what this is the content we put out. You know what I'm saying? You don't gotta you don't gotta you don't gotta say fake news to get recognized. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, we were about to be in a documentary, didn't happen. No, but it is what it is. It, it it's cool. Like they were gonna they they were gonna use about twenty seconds of, of, of my film session video. Didn't happen. But it's all good. Other opportunities will arise. Trust me. But anyway. That was dope. Uh, Dave, before um, before Four Man Rush joined us, I did want to circle back around uh, to a couple things that happened. Um, Christian McCaffrey's uh, contract numbers dropped. Uh, and um, Are you happy or sad? I, so just let me let me before I say that, I would I would have um, I was incorrect in the way I broke it down. I was about two million off. From last week. Last week I said it was going to be about 11, 11 10, like 10.9 million or something like that on a, on a yearly average. It came out to be about thir- a little under 13. So well, I was, go ahead Dave. I saw that it was going to be like a 6 year 75 mil yeah, type so, of ordeal. Yeah, so I, just, to, just to be transparent, I was a little off in my projections last year, uh, last week. Uh, so these are the exact numbers uh, that Christian McCaffrey, uh, that Christian McCaffrey's contract is about. Um, and I don't, again, it's a lot of money, man. It's, it's a lot of money, uh, for a running back. I, I, I still, I'm not a fan of the deal. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, it, especially if we go out and use the guy the same way we've been using him. I'm not a fan. Um, he's, he's got to be utilized more as a wide receiver to, to make that happen, uh, to make the deal a little bit more favorable in my eyes, but. It is, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I'm not gonna cry or spill milk. I don't like the deal. Um, 
but it is what it is. All right. So Dave, you got any, any thoughts on uh, on well, this? We got we... we got an out after three years, which in essence is, yeah. is his prime, right? So if if he's still balling after three years, the captain yeah, wouldn't be as but, bad. But. but Dave, that's 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 true. But listen, we got to get out of this mindset of of yeah, we we got an out. Like yo, that's what that the, that's the reason why we got as much dead money as we do right now. When you're building a franchise, you cannot get contracts wrong. You can't get them wrong like that. We've been. But the thing is, did they get it wrong? Because I think, because you got to remember, the only way this looks like it's wrong is if they change coaches next year or change coaches within the next two years. Like this is on this is on Matt Rule too. Like let's let's not let's not get it twisted. This is on him. Like he is he's riding with this. He's rolling with this. You yeah. know, I don't I don't think I don't think it happens if Matt didn't co-sign it. Period. No, no, I agree. I agree, but my my thing is you can't you can't uh we can't rely on that that out that oh we oh we got a, a out because I've seen a lot I've seen a lot of that. Oh no, no, because you see that out is going to come in handy if we got to fire Matt Rule and then the next guy decides uh we ain't gonna pay this man as much money. Like you know, three years, you know, it's halfway through his deal. Decisions could be made by then. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like yo, we can't yo, you got to get it right. You got to get it right the first time off rip. When no, you, I get it. When you playing these but, dudes, you gotta get it right. But to Matt, to, to Coach Rule, this might be his guy. Just like Cam was Ron's guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but this might be his guy. Cam was a quarterback, Dave. Christian McCaffrey's a running back. That don't make no sense. No, it can make sense. It don't make you gonna say sense. Teddy is guy? No, we gonna, no, we gonna Ted, roll with Teddy, that roll, got, roll with that no, coming Ted, into the draft this week? Teddy got a two year deal. Nah, he's not that's three year not, deal. No, he got two years. Teddy got two, two years. years. Yeah, it's two that years. Was three. No, nah, it's two. Teddy got a two-year deal. Oh, okay. So that I was three. He's not. He's not. He's not the guy. Like he's. He's not. He might. It might have been three. Even even if it's three, he's still not the long-term. The long-term fix here. It's just convenient that they have an out of three okay, years. Three. Three. Okay, it is three. <laughs> okay, three years. But anyway, it 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 doesn't matter. Cause he's he's not gonna be that guy long-term. My bad. It's three years. My fault. No, nah, no, nah, it's just, you know. P.J. Walker got two, excuse me. That's what I was thinking Yeah, P.J. Walker got two. Now, nah, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's front-loaded. So, they got him out at the end. I mean, and that would make sense because he's a running back. So, like, his best years are ahead of him. His next three years is probably going to be his top years. So, you know, he's still young. I'll be more concerned if we're paying him that type of money in his 30s. So yeah. it should be fine. But all right, so um, that's that's you know it is what it is with that. Um, just a quick update on the virtual visits. We we bringing in a lot of cornerbacks, a lot of cornerbacks, um, of none of which are top guys, which is is a concern of mine. Um, that means either that means that Okuda's not. They don't feel like Okuda's going to be there. They don't think C.J. Henderson is worth it at seven. Yeah. Yeah, um, but Ross Blacklock is is uh is definitely we'll, which we'll talk about a little bit later. We'll talk about Ross, but um, that's uh you know, he's the only one of note. Uh, this, but these are additional ones from last week. But we'll see. We'll see what's going on there. Um, real quick, uh, we are going to be live, um, on Thursday and Friday, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. On Thursday and Friday, we will be live live streaming. We're gonna do a Zoom party. Uh, Dave, I'm going to invite the chat cat. So the guys that are in our group me, 
Uh, we're going to open up the Zoom to them so they can cam up, cam up with us and, and, and react, react to the pick live. Should be fun. Should be good times. Um, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be crazy. It is going to be, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy Thursday, man. It's going to be real crazy, real crazy. Uh, but yeah, Thursday, Friday, maybe Saturday. I'm not sure what you want. What, what you want to do Saturday? We all we quarantine, Dave. So it is what it is. Yeah, we got to figure out Saturday, man. Yeah, I don't know Thursday and Friday for sure. My yeah, wife, I might I might not have a wife if I'm if I'm down here for too many hours at a time. Right, I feel <laughs> hey, I feel you. I feel you. So so the Zoom it's gonna be so if you're in the group me, the link will probably be in the in the description box at some point uh, when this video is upla- uploaded. Um, it might be there now, but, um, I'm going to post, post a link in the, in the, uh, group me, you can get in there and, uh, and, and react with your boys react. All right. Uh, so I got my man's, um, hold on, let me see. Shout out to Devin, man. Yeah. Um, but all right. So. I think we. I think it's showtime. I think it's showtime. Do we got both? Do we got what? We got you, your your boys from the four man rush on the joint. It is Will right here. Cash should be on in a couple okay. of minutes. Will, what's up, brother? How's it going, my G? What's up, man? How y'all doing? Man, we we good. good. We hanging in there, bro. Man, I, I appreciate y'all. Talk to y'all again. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you coming on. It's, it's it's always good times linking up with with good content creators. Uh, so I pre we appreciate your content. Keep dropping that that heat, um, and cause I had to, I had to bring y'all in for the for the draft prep. Um, it's I know you guys doing a lot. With, I know you have done a video with the offense with Joe Brady's offense. Broke that down. What we was getting with Teddy. Um, now have y'all have y'all right. had a, have you had a chance to look at the defense yet? Yeah, I'm doing that now. I think Phil Snow kind of a bit of a mystery, cause. Um, you know, you watch what he did at Baylor. You're in the Big 12. What are you defending? You know, five wide receivers, spread offense, things like that. So what he was doing, he had a ran a three three five rushing three, dropping eight. And I think Baylor led the country in three man pressure. But you know, he's not going to do that in the league, right? Because that's more used to defend those college offenses. So I kind of trying to go back to Temple to see if there's you'll see something more. You know, kind of give me that idea of more what he'll do at this level. So, so with that, because I, I went back and watched the Temple game, I saw some of the same three man three yeah. three man fronts. I mean, was that is that is that accurate? I just watched two two sample sizes, but I didn't. I'm, I'm trying to get a feel of what he's doing too, and I I just can't I can't I can't see how he's gonna do anything different. He obviously, like you say, he can't do what he did in college. The thing um, is, he's gonna go four right. three, right? They're not gonna go three four. That's what they said. That they're saying he's that. Be... Go ahead. He's gonna be multiple. When yeah. I saw Temple, I see him go three three man fronts on third down, particularly. He'll um, four man fronts on rundown. And I mean, he said it. He said he's gonna be multiple, and you'll see a little bit of both. I think Matt Rule said something interesting now. Like in the NFC South, you're gonna see three wide receivers. Most of the time, you're not gonna see. 12 and 11 personnel. So you're going to be in your nickel and sub packages probably 80, 90% of the time. So we're probably just going to see a lot of four, two, five with the nickel player. Yeah. So, you know, do you want to, at that nickel position, do you want a guy like, you know, Simmons that can come in and mm. kind of like a three safety package and give you that run support better than a nickel corner, give you better pass coverage than a typical wheel linebacker. Or, so that's kind of, I think the draft will kind of, 
maybe uh, show his hand and see what he wants to do. But Phil Snow, the mystery to me, though, that's what I'm trying to. Yeah, I feel you. Trying to figure out <laughs> I feel you, man. We we all been trying to figure that joint Yo, out. Like, but, but the thing is, too, with this draft, with the draft coming up this week, and I've been saying it for weeks now, it's going to be a defense-heavy draft. Yeah. So we might not know what the hell Phil Snow's going to do until after this draft. Cause like I know I know right. a lot of the, I know a lot of the chat cats are like yo we got to get a wide receiver early in the middle or the early rounds and I'm like yo I don't yeah. we might get one super late but I think we're gonna be super defense heavy so 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 real yeah. quick and, oh go ahead go ahead Kev, is Kev, Kevin are you good I was gonna say like um yeah that's like, um, I'm, I'm if he wants to play cover one like you did at Temple I mean you're not gonna do cover one with the corners we got now. But you want to reach for like a CJ Henderson at seven, and if you know they take CJ at seven, that'll dictate you. They want to play a lot of man coverage. You just didn't think that he was going to be there if they traded back. So I think what they do at seven will kind of show a lot. Yeah. Yep. Kev, what's so we got Kevin in the building now. What's what's good, Kev? Hey, what's up? Uh, sorry, I'm late. Uh, my shift ends at nine, and uh, I had a call at eight fifty nine, so uh, I was running late so. no no worries brother no worries, no worries at all. It's, all it's all good man so real quick while while I, you you guys probably won't be able to see this but i have a, like a heat map essentially of our defense and, and it kind of identifies the gaps like right for right now we got dante jackson on the outside and i've got temporarily cold luke there on the outside and i've got him based on colors like so trey trey boston is 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 a dark green kewan shorts a dark green uh brian burns is a little bit lighter and then we've got on the inside, we've got Zach Kerr, we've got Stephen Weatherly. They're a little yellow. So it, the, the heat, what I'm trying to do with the heat map is trying to identify the gaps in our defense. So, and, and I think you said this a little right. bit earlier, um, and I, I, I want to know, and I didn't, I, I, I apologize, I didn't give you, give you guys this question in advance, but I want to know, you hinted, hinted to it a little bit, I want to know where, because I really think if, if Simmons is there at seven, that's the pick. You got do you do you have to take him? And my question is, what do you do with him at that point? Right. Well, let's stay with the topic of Simmons, because I think um I'm leaning towards Derek Brown, but we'll get to that later. Yes. But with um Simmons, I think you're gonna I think he's a safety. I don't think I think a lot of um folks got a misconception that he's Luke Keekley's replacement. I don't see Luke Keekley when I see him play, I see more like Derwin James. Right. Uh, I think you'll have Whitehead and Shaq still as your starting linebackers and Simmons kind of like your big nickel. So it'll be like uh, at that big nickel, he's kind of like a hybrid safety and hybrid linebacker, which is per fits his skill set perfectly. Um, do you trust him out in coverage against the slot receiver? That might be an issue. I mean, I, I would think he'd cover tight ends and backs pretty well, but I wouldn't leave him on an island with like Calvin Ridley. I think you still have to go up package in that case maybe rolling back to safety or something like that so I mean it, it'll be interesting I think you kind of saw it with Shaq to a lesser degree he doesn't have the athleticism as Simmons but he played that big nickel right I think Simmons has the athleticism to kind of actually get away with that so you can stay in a um, 4-3 slash big nickel package with Trey Boston the new guy we got Burris and Simmons is kind of your three safeties and work with it that way and I think that's kind of the role I kind of envision him in yeah so I think I think the concern with Simmons and a lot of people are putting it in the chat right now the concern with Simmons is not Simmons ability right it's more so do you 
do we trust Phil Snow to utilize him properly? Because if you look at it, the Panthers have the perfect opportunity uh, because Simmons is, is difficult when you have a, a system already in place. Like you've got a long-running system. It's difficult to grab a Simmons and then try to put Simmons and force him into some a, a singular role, right, or put him at a linebacker or put him at a safety. The Panthers are in a situation where we're starting from scratch. So you could essentially build around Simmons, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah. It's I don't know what I don't know what Phil Snow's going to do because listen, Simmons is a great player. The only downside with Simmons is that is he good enough? He he plays so many positions, right? He does so much, but he's right. like it's like he's not. He hasn't he's not refi- master, yeah. exactly. He has not refined the skill set at at each of those. Like like you said. Like Will said, you don't trust him to, to necessarily line up in the slot, right? Because he has he doesn't have the 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 fluidity to, to do that just yet. He might develop that, but I don't know if he's going to get there. So that's what makes me a little hesitant about Simmons. Listen, I love him. I think he would be great. I just don't think I don't trust Phil Snow enough. And uh, this is the but the thing is, this is the sexy pick too. Like this is the flash and flare pick. Derek Brown is like, I think if he's there, he's probably going to be the guy based on how things are falling within mocks. It's going to probably be Derek Brown, which I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about too. Yep. But from the standpoint of him, he's the sexy pick and he's the wild card, just like you got in the, on the post shot. Like, cause we could put him anywhere and we could build the defense around him. It's all depending on what Phil Snow wants to do, which is still a mystery. Yeah, I think one thing Matt Rule said that kind of stuck with me is he won him number one. He doesn't draft based on um, need or polish. He looks at traits. He he has a specific traits of what his defensive end should look like, what his linebacker should look like, what his corner should look like, what his running back should look like. You know, who has better traits than Simmons? And another thing he said was it's a coach's job to be able to um, take elite talent find that right system for them and build around them. So I think those comments right there show me that the coaching staff is not afraid, if that's the right word, of Simmons versatility. You know, they'll welcome it, you know, take on that challenge and find that role for him that he can excel in. But I think at the same time, you know, is he – like when you look at other line, outside linebackers or safeties that went that high, I mean, he's not as good as a safety as Jamal Adams. He's not as mm-hmm. good as a – backer as Devin White, you know, he just has that elite athleticism that you got to find that role for him to bring the best out of him. Yeah. And I just, I just think we, going back to uh, Derwin James, cause you, you brought him up as a great comparison. Uh, he, I mean, he's taller, heavier, faster than Derwin James. And we all killed the bucks. We killed, we destroyed the bucks for passing on Derwin James, killed them. So I don't, can we, can we then, <laughs> can we then, like, you know, is the pot calling the kettle black if we pass on Simmons? I'm just, just, I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm asking the question. I don't know, uh, but yeah, I, I, I just wanted to, uh, uh, to get y'all thoughts on Simmons. Kev, you got any thoughts on, uh, on Simmons? Yeah, I mean, as far as me with Simmons, uh, you know, your concerns about Phil Snow. Uh, if you look at Phil Snow's background of how he's came up since the late '70s. He's a defensive back coach that grew into a defensive coordinator. So he, in his resume, everywhere he went, his uh, secondary units were either top five or top ten overall. So mm. uh, just based off his experiences, 
Um, looking at his background, I mean, with his first job back in 1976, um, you know, as a defensive back coach at uh, Berkeley High School to moving up to Boise State to University of California, Arizona State. I mean, his units, particularly secondary, were, were always strong. So uh, if we were to get our hands on a Simmons and, you know, have him rotating around in our secondary, I, I think Phil Snow would actually be the right guy to be able to utilize that. Interesting. Uh, you know, particularly with his uh, athletic traits. So as Wills was stating, you know, as Will was stating just a moment ago, what what Matt Rule has stated that he's looking for, uh, you know, you know, he, Simmons hits all the checks, you know, on that um, as far as uh, his abilities. But um, yeah, I, I definitely don't, I, I see him as the, um, as can play either safety spot and like the, uh, the big nickel role uh, as far as like being able to check tight ends and running backs. Um, again, I can't see, you know, you know, Falcons do like they did Luke Keekley put, Julio Jones on the inside slot on a five wide and have him covering 40 yards deep. Now, Simmons probably is a little bit athletic, but it's probably more athletic than a Luke Keekley. But how many times do you want to run that gamble? You know what I'm saying? So I, um, I, I think that if Simmons did fall to us, Snow would be able to, um, you know, be able to put together schemes and play designs that would, would that would feature his strengths and hide his weaknesses. Uh, because one of the weaknesses I do see with Simmons is his ability to share blocks. Yeah, that's uh, true. He's pretty much super fast, but man, you you get a you get a hat on a hat, and you know he's yeah. uh that athleticism just gets written you know out of the picture. Yeah, now, it didn't happen often. That was in college, but uh you know we got some you know some all pro linemen that uh you know that'll be licking their chops because you know uh, as a rookie he'll be a target because. He's a came in with so much height. And someone that played lineman, yeah, we look forward to playing against guys like that. Oh, he's fast and quick? All right, let me put these 300 balls on him see what he can do. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's interesting. That that did show on tape. If you watch Simmons' film, he does he does kind of get chewed up, in, in the, uh, especially between tackles. But uh, when it comes to straight line, man, or, or spying a QB, man, or, or defending somebody out in space, I mean, he eliminates the mismatch. You want to talk about, like, having Kamara – out there in space, like he would eliminate that. Like he runs a faster forty uh, than than Kamara, so it's it's just interesting, man. I, it's just very interesting on, on on the possibilities that could be with Simmons. I just don't know that I would trust. I, again, I, I I believe you. I trust what you're saying with Phil Snow. I just I don't I haven't I gotta see it to believe it uh, to see him used properly. Yeah, that's just yeah. me. Yeah, one thing about um, I think the advantage of this staff is I think. Well, Simmons is, is what separates Simmons is freak athleticism. But across the college game, there's a lot of position ball players. So I don't think he's that special at the college level in that regard. So I think having a college coaching staff, they're probably more they're not going to be as afraid of a guy like Simmons as maybe yeah. a traditional pro coach that yeah, has it stuck in his way. So I kind of think it could be an advantage having a college staff that's used to that type of player that you see across the country right now. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, I didn't want to make this too long about Simmons, but uh, uh, any more any more thoughts? Anybody on Isaiah Simmons before we move on? Uh, we might have to stick to the defense because I don't want to keep y'all on the phone too long. Uh, but we'll see. We'll we'll just play it by ear and uh and and have, and go from there. So any more thoughts on di on uh, on uh, Isaiah Simmons before we move on? Good on Simmons, man. Good. Not pretty much. All right, perfect. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. So what essentially what the idea behind this is to kind of 
and I and I brought the guys from the four man rush on here because they're way more versed in scheme and, and X's and O's than I am and Dave are. So I wanted to kind of talk uh, instead of just us talking, um, you know, very generic. I wanted to bring these dudes on to kind of break it down a little bit better to see who would be the better fit, maybe in what Phil Snow's just trying to do, or not even that, just in general. So um, there's a lot of discussion going on with these two cats. First, we're going to start off with Derrick Brown and Javon Kinlaw. So Dave has been, I think, clamoring for, for uh, Derrick Brown. I think, I think, am I correct in that? I think he's going to be the pick if he's there. I think he's the pick. Based on how the drafts fall, I think he's going to be the guy. So If we stay at seven. So a, a, a lot of people are talking Derek Brown. How would he fit? What? Or or I'm saying, how Brown or Kinlaw? Which which one? Compare the two. What's your thoughts? Uh, and and who's the better? Who's the better? Who's the better pick? I think Brown will fit many I mean, um, he can play like Brown to me is the third best player in this draft. I think Ooh, that's tough. Chase Young, Joe Burrow, and Derrick mm. Brown's right there, number three. I think that highly of him. Sheesh. I mean, we watched this guy play. Just how dominant he was against. I mean, LSU game that was that was crazy. How he was manhandling. He was offensive linemen that are going to be get their names called all throughout this weekend coming up. I mean, the way the I mean Alabama game. I mean, he was. They say he was held in check, but, I mean, he was still effective drawing double teams and freeing up teammates. But the last series, the way he just took over and won that game for him, he almost single-handedly won that Florida Gators game. Plays he was able to make. I just think he just was so dominant on that interior. And I don't even think we've even touched the tip of the iceberg and what he can be able to do. Right. I think he was just so powerful and was able to win with bull rushes that he doesn't need to dip into his toolbox to do these other things. I mean, he showed glimpses of being able to use his hands. I mean, working with Kawan Short, he probably got the best hand technique out of any, I'd go toe-to-toe with any defensive tackle in the league. I mean, that's a good guy to work next to and learn from. I think his foot quickness on tape shows way better than what his cone time was. And I just think the cone times across the league were kind of low. I mean, Jerry Judy had mm-hmm. a bad cone time, and you can't convince me that he has poor agility. Right. So, I just think if Derrick Brown, the top three player, which I have him falls to seven, you just absolutely have to take that guy. He can play zero technique, one technique, three, five. Mm-hmm. You want to run a 30 front. I mean, he's going to draw double teams. I mean, giving Kawan short one-on-one pass rush situations. I mean, imagine what it'll do for somebody like Brian Burns, you know, Weatherly and Haynes and those guys. He's going to protect Shaq, who's probably undersized at that mic position anyway. So I just think he's the – I'll say he's the pick with the highest floor. And I think, you know, if he can up that pass rush ability, his ceiling is unlimited as well. So I just think, you know, I think Brown, to me, I know a lot of people have him and Ken Law close, but I I don't see it that way. I love Ken Law as a player as well, but to me, Brown is just in that upper echelon of top-tier talent in this draft. Yeah, I think the thing, I can't can't get with Brown at, at three, uh, I I got him. I got Akuda three. I know I'm I'm a Akuda fan. If he, I think I, I've expressed that on Twitter a lot. Uh, I love I love Jeffrey Akuda. Uh, but I've been diving a little bit more into the analytics aspect, and I've been leveraging Pro Football Focus for that. And uh, they, it's very interesting. They actually have Kinlaw above Derrick Brown, uh, in their ranking specifically because of the pass rush. Uh, 
the, they're saying that the Derek Brown's pass, and I think you kind of alluded to this, that he hasn't quite tapped into that ability yet. Like, if he taps into that pass rush ability, it changes the game completely for Derek Brown. But because Javon Kinlaw has that pass rush uh, and he's displayed it, I think that's what they, they value pass rush over run stopping uh, from pro football focus standpoint. Kev, you got any thoughts on Kinlaw yeah, think, versus Brown? Yeah. Oh, my fault. My fault. Go ahead. Go ahead, Will. Hello, go ahead, Kev. Okay, well, uh, yeah, as far as Derrick Brown, you know, uh, Will was on the train back in October, and I joined them uh, uh, right around uh, Thanksgiving on the Derrick Brown train. I mean, I've been driving this thing, you know, like an 18-wheel on the interstate. You know, I'm I'm definitely uh, a Derrick Brown fan. I mean, you look at the fact that the Panthers gave up 148 yards rushing last year, you know, per game, and to put that in perspective – we had five teams that averaged less than 90 yards rushing that had season highs running the ball against us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Facts. when, it, and, and again, me being a guy that played line, offensive, defensive line, that is the ultimate disrespect. You could throw three or 400 yards, lose the game. You're giving up 200, you know, anything over 150, 200 on the ground consistently. I mean, that's just straight up abuse. That's basically saying, I'm going to run the ball off the right guard and ain't a damn thing you can do to stop. <laughs> and it pretty much was like that, you know, for the Panthers. So, you know, for me, I'm a guy that has always felt like that, you know, the trenches set the tone for everything. I, I, I get that it's a pass happy league and, and you definitely depend on your scheme. You've got to have, you know, the, uh, the, the back seven to support your front four or whatever front you use. Uh, but, a, but a guy like Derrick Brown, uh, really allows that torch to be passed from Kwan Short to him after Short is up because you got to think about it. Short's coming off yes. his torn shoulder. He's 31, yep. and he's going to cost us $20 million. Yep. We possibly could get away from Short next year, but let's just say he plays – let's say he gets his win back after a year off and plays strong the next two years. Short's going to be 33. Yep. You know, so um, very seriously that we would uh will retain him after that. So – I just see someone like Derrick Brown, you know, perfecting his craft, running from a one short, uh, and, you know, get his moves. And then uh, when short, when we move on from short, you know, it's a Derrick Brown and, and company show. But uh, as far as the difference between Derrick Brown and Von Kenlaw, in my opinion, uh, I see Derrick Brown as the elite run stopper with, uh, with average pass rushing ability. And I see the opposite for Kenlaw. I see him yeah. with having – elite pass rushing ability with average run stop. Yeah. Now, based on their abilities and their athleticism, uh, and let me just be on the record and say, uh, damn, the three-cone drill for offensive linemen, that, that has no effect. They wanted to tear Derrick Brown down about that, you know, three-cone drill. Well, how about watching how many times he, bought, he, he beat three blockers to still make the play? You know, you got three cones, he got a three-blocker drill. So, <laughs> how about watching <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, so as, as far as so those things are coachable, you know, you get the right coach. Yeah. And these, the, the flaws, both players are, are truly physical. So uh, I kind of look at it like this, you know, and, and again, I'm not saying that these, that these players are like it, but I kind of see it how, you know, you got your Fletcher Cox in Philly, right? Yep. Very strong, above defense tackle, but then you got your Aaron Donald, you know, and that's how I see these two. You got Kinlaw, which I consider, you know, on a level like, you know, Cox is, but then 
I could put Brown up there at that level as far as, like I say, ability, not not performance, not you know, not the stats. Because remember, Aaron Donald was drafted 13 overall, so he wasn't considered a top five pick like Derrick Brown. And I'm I, I want to make sure I put that out there, but yes. I'm saying as far as like levels of defensive tackle play on the inside. Uh, but either one of these guys, you could play at you know uh, zero in the 30 front, right over the nose, um, shift them to the uh, shade one technique. Uh, the three technique, the five technique, and, and, the, and the results do not change. You know, some players, they're not as productive as you're moving along the line, but with either one of these players, uh, you're going to get results. So for me, um, you know, give me Dare Brown all day long if he's there at number seven. But, um, but yeah, these players definitely, the, the flaws that they have are, are definitely physical, and I would be happy with either one if it came down to it. So, Will, did you want to follow up on, uh, on what you were going to say about Dare Brown? Are you good? Yeah, I was going to say about uh, Ken Law. The problem with him, I mean, I like him as a player, don't get me wrong, but you just watch the game, he just disappeared for stretches too often. Now, granted, he didn't have the help on the defense. You know, maybe that contributed to it, but I just think that consistency, you know, he just wasn't always, you know, he came up high pad level at times, and you just didn't see him consistently dominate over and over again the way Derek Brown was able to. I think the biggest thing, though, I, the reason I see a lot of people like Ken Law over Brown is athletic traits, but the problem yeah. with that is he didn't test. So you can't really put an athletic profile on him to really confirm that. So I just think Brown's more of a top 10 type player, where I think Ken Law is more that 10 to 15 range. Yeah, Ken, Ken Law bodied the senior bowl, whatever bowl that was, and just yeah, he and did, it, he man. took he packed his lunch and said, nah, I'm good. Uh, and, he, and he capitalized off yeah. of him because nobody was talking about dude uh, before that. And now he's all, all of a sudden top 15. Yeah. So I don't blame him one bit for taking that yeah. approach. Um, but all right, right. So, that, so that's going to wrap it up for, uh, for Derek Brown. I'm still – man, it's tough. It's tough. This is probably the pick, bro. I know. I, I agree. I, th- I do agree that if, if Brown is – I think it's the safest. It's super safe to take Derek Brown at seven. I think he'll be there. And I think it's really safe to take Brown. Uh, it's it's pretty much a can't miss. Uh, you know why? Pick. You know why we? You know why we're taking Brown? We couldn't stop the run to save our life last year. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but yeah, at the same time, I mean, we we what we were second in sacks though, right? We sacked, we completely sold out to for pass rush. Um, yeah, but it didn't matter because just, anybody just can run on us. You so, know how much money I made picking the running back in DraftKings that we were going up against. <laughs> That's do you so, understand? So do do you think though is was it a, do you think that was a matter of running the three four? For, oh, I mean, I know we were multiple. Does do you think that was a matter of more more of a three three man front than? Because I, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the deal is behind the behind the rushing. What what was the deal behind the rushing totals? I think a couple things happened. One, Kawan Short, the best ah. player on our one of the best second best player on our defense, yeah, got injured that. in week three. I mean, you, you can't just replace. Kawan short with any old body. So I think that was number one. Then Dontari Poe, I mean, yeah, that's right. Yeah, his contract wasn't great, but he was, he did defend the run better than what we had. You know, he goes down, he's playing through injuries. Gerald McCoy, he's a pass rusher. You know, he's not going to take on double teams and do that dirty work. So I just think you ended up, because of injuries, you had four guys on the line that wanted to get to the passer, didn't want to do that dirty work and take right. on double teams and try to, um, you know, create you know, free up his teammates to help them be able to fill their gaps. And then it compounds because now Luke Keekley knows can't trust the tackles to do their jobs and control their gaps. So 
so he's in a position where he has to guess plays. So now teams are using his misdirection to take Luke out of the play, get him sniffing one way. I mean, that's what San Francisco did. They said, let's change our terminology and use all of his motions and shifts and just confuse Luke and take him out of the play. And all these running lanes were just opening up. So I just think all of that compound. And then on the back end, you know, the safeties, I just think, couldn't, you know, couldn't prevent those eight-yard runs from becoming 25-yard runs, you know, taking four angles and not making tackles. He just had errors on all three levels that just made it, you know, a mess. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that that's yeah, and also... go ahead, Kev. Oh, just something I want to throw in real quick. I heard you guys when I was uh, waiting to get in was talking about you know this whole thing was it thirty front, forty front? Uh, you got to realize the thirty front that's used today, uh, it's still a it's still a one gap um, a responsibility per se. Uh, now you know the traditional thirty front, you know you have your zero technique uh, right over you know squared up helmet to helmet with the center mm-hmm. and then you have uh, what is called like your full eye technique where you're head up on the guard and the job is to you know occupy blockers and you know let your you know linebackers you know penetrate but nowadays you know the the different 30 fronts you know there's they're shifting you know you got the you know what they call the 33 look and will did a great video breakdown uh on this heading until last season about you know the three four and the different yeah. you know, techniques that that's lined up. And what it's the fact that if players are not doing the responsibilities for the front, because we had four or three guys trying to run three, four philosophies, and then we just got all blowed up and exposed. That's pretty much what it came down to. We didn't have the the bodies. Even if healthy, it was, it, we would have did better, but it still just didn't have the bodies to run a type of hybrid it is. Now the players that we're talking about in the draft, these are all hybrid defensive linemen that can play all along the front. You know, we were talking about Ken Law and Brown, but some other guys that we talked to go into a deep, little bit deeper we can bring up as well that yep. we studied at the four-minute rush. But there's multiple guys that can that can make plays, whether inside or outside along the line. And that's what you need uh, if you're going to be a multiple front. But overall, it was just the fact that, you know, you were writing about we were second in sacks, yeah, but when you dig deeper into the numbers, we were 29th in sacks on third down. Mm. So when we needed them sacks, you know, coming up short. I mean, how many times was it we had them in third and long, third and 15? Oh, man, we about to get off the field. You know, cornerbacks playing 10 yards off. And, you know, you know they do a, a, a slant or, or in route, and, you know, they're Take. picking up first down. Yeah. Four or five seconds back there. So, yep. you know, not getting the sacks on third down is, is really – you know, kind of negates the fact that we were second in sacks. Because if you get them on first or second, but still giving up a first down, how effective is it? You know, that's where you got to look beyond the sexiness of the stats and really see, you know, the, um, you know, connected to see what how effective are those sacks when they come. You know, right? That makes sense. No, I I agree. That makes sense. All right, let's let's move on uh, to some guys that may. Uh, uh, let's say let's assume we don't get Derek Brown or Ken Law in the first. Uh, let's let's check out uh, Ross Blacklock and Neville Neville or Neville Gallimore. Um, th- these are some guys I can get a little bit later, maybe second, third round. Not sure, kind of where you would take these dudes. Have you have you guys looked into these two guys uh, to see what they they could potentially offer? Yeah, oh, um, I've been a fan of Neville Gallimore for a while. I mean, he's 
He's not the greatest in run support, but man, for his size, his feet, he's active, he's got a motor, you know, he um hand technique, he's just a well rounded pass rushing defensive tackle. And he's fun to watch. I mean, you see him hustling, making plays 10, 15 yards down the field. He's nonstop. You know, he does, can't be blocked. You know, he one of his you know, he does a good job with stunts coming around. And he, I think that Baylor game, he was just so disruptive that whole game. So, I mean, I would love to be able to get a Gallimore in a, at pick 38. I think he okay. might actually be there. I think he's maybe a late first, mid, or, uh, mid-second. I think from that 20 to 40, uh, part of your board is really not much difference between each, so I think he's going to be in there somewhere. Uh, Blacklock, if I recall, he had an injury issue, so we didn't really get to, so that might knock him down a little bit, but, I mean, he's a dog, too. I mean, he's a, you know, like, you're not, you know, this dominant as Derek Brown, but you just, he's very explosive. You know, you see him stopping linemen in his tracks. He gets good leverage, so... I mean, I'd be happy with either one of those guys, depending on the direction they want to go. One thing, one thing about Blacklock I was reading is that I, I think TCU runs a lot of stunts up front, so it was kind of difficult to kind of see where he, how he graded up, just because there was so much going on uh, that created pressure. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't know much about Ross. I haven't watched him play much, but um, it should, that should, that should be interesting. Dave, you got any any thoughts on these two cats? Now nah, I'm good on both of these guys. You know okay. I don't watch nearly as much college as anybody else college. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Kev, Kev, you got any thoughts? Yeah, just something real quick. Uh, since we were talking about pressure, uh, while I was you know, working from home, I took a screenshot earlier. Uh, highest pressure percentage at the nose tackle position in 2019. Uh, number one was Neville Gallimore, 13.1%. Uh, number two, Javon Kenlaw at 12%. Mm. And perceived notion that he's not really a pass rusher, Derrick Brown was fifth at 11.3%. So, you know, when it comes to applying pressure, you know, three of the guys that we've discussed are like, we're like top five in the country, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, when lining up at the uh, either zero technique or the one technique and, you know, uh, getting to the quarterback. Because as you know, you know, in our division with pocket pass like Drew Beach, like sit right there in the middle, you need that pressure right up the gut. And, and, you know, to affect and get them quarterbacks off. So, uh, you know, guys, you know, just to give you some, uh, some numbers behind that. But as far as Ross Blacklock, uh, you know, definitely he's a guy that has size, length, power, flexibility. You know, TCU, uh, they, they, they had a two-gap system. So he played a lot of that traditional 30 front, um, you know, where he's, you know, occupying, you know, two blocks. You know, he's responsible for the, the, a, the a gap on both sides. Um, here or if he was lined up at a uh, on the four eye technique over the tackle, uh, he had both the uh, you know inside and outside hold of the tackle. So again, that positional flexibility is something that um, uh, that he offers and that he brings. Uh, and Will already spoke about uh, Gallimore, but another guy to throw out there if you guys uh, yeah, yeah, check out from Texas with him, uh, Justin Matabuki. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's 6'3", four. This kid, um, if you if you like violent defensive line play. This is the guy right here. I mean, you know, you don't usually see hard hits from, you know, like linebackers and, you know, DBs coming up and, you know, getting a pow, the bam, you know, the old Batman type, you know, hits or whatever. But uh, uh, he's someone that's, you know, can play uh, the zero technique and the three technique and a base end. So, again, uh, that flexibility um, here. So, whether it's one gap or two gap, uh, he's another player that uh, 
fits the bill of uh, you know being able to play multiple uh, multiple fronts uh, for a guy. So uh, those are three guys that I could see possibly in day two picks okay. uh, that could uh, that could be uh, uh, an asset to uh, to the Panthers if you decide to grab. Gotcha. So uh, I know Dave said it's, uh, he's kind of on board with it being a, a a defensive lead. Would you double dip right here? Would you Would you take a Derrick Brown and then turn around and take a Neville Neville Gallimore in the uh, in the second? Or is that I guess I know it's all hypothetical. I'm just saying, would you if that if that happened and it fell the way uh, it fell that way, would you do that? Uh, me personally, I'd probably. Uh... <laughs> I probably wait till get like a day three. You can get a leaky four two from. Gotcha. Utah. Yeah, I like leaky. You can get a um, guys like Bravion Roy from Baylor. Yep. Um, got Kev like from a Ole Miss with a Benito Jones. I think you can do it that way and still get a productive rotational tackle. Okay. Just just curious. Just curious. But I mean, yeah. But if it's best player available, though, I'm, I'm always support that. No, I I agree. I'm just saying no, if if it fell that way. Go ahead, Kev. Yeah, no, and I said, don't forget Big 12 player, defense player of the year, James Lynch, who yeah. also play inside outside, right. played at Baylor. I definitely, um, I definitely uh, think he will be drafted to the Panthers in some, some way, shape, or form. I think, I think, uh, I think Rule will do whatever he has to do uh, to get James Lynch. I think he might jump for him. I, I really do. Right. I think he, I, I think he really likes the kid. And uh, this is all speculation for me, but I really think he'll sell his soul to get uh, James Lynch. Right. Just, so just, just, just a thought. Since you're a, 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 I forgot which one you guys say you're an Akuda fan. Um, I'm, but, I'm a Akuda fan. Uh, just Rashad. Oh, Rashad, well, check this out. Did you ever notice uh, defensive tackle uh, Devon Hamilton from Ohio State? Yep. Yeah, I like Hamilton too. I like Hamilton too. Yes, sir. Now, yeah. Now, uh, you know, they went to a lot of what they uh, Ohio State did a lot of what they do in the NFL. The, you know, the NASCAR packages where they had all their defensive ends in, but. When they went bit body, like uh, when he was allowed to put in work, yo, this kid put in some serious work. Uh, you know, double teams did not neutralize his effectiveness. Uh, he plays with low pads. Um, he definitely got a high IQ. Um, you know, he could be a little bit more consistent with his footwork, but uh, he's someone else that, uh, you know, has a possibly like a day three guy to, uh, to look out for as well. But uh, I definitely noticed him when, um, when checking out the Ohio State, you know, you know like, you know, the Puda and, you know, the other cornerback uh, that I like, Arnett, as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's definitely something I keep an eye on, Devon Hamilton. Gotcha. Guy. Gotcha. All right. So, let's let's uh, let's uh move on wait, to the oh, – Wait. Go wait. Ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Wait. You got the breaking news ticker rocking? No. Nah, what happened? It's official, man. Panthers headquarters is moving to Rock Hill, South Carolina. Oh, yeah. I heard. They voted for – They voted for – Oh, three. wow. Yes, sir. So – it's official. Shout out to Rock Hill. They about to what? South Carolina about to open up anyway. They can move yeah, in. They, to, are. they, they can move. They can move in tomorrow if they wanted to. <laughs> oh, for real? Legit. Hey, yo, I used to drive right past the exit. Uh, are you guys familiar with the Rock Hill area at all? Uh, little little Dave, bit. Dave. I'm from. I'm yeah. from Columbia. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, on 77, you know, exit 82 is um, Cherry Road, and exit yep. 79 is Dave Lockhart. Yep. Gonna, they're going to build that right in between those two. It's, gonna, it's like that wooded area, like you head north from Columbia to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Once you pass Dave Live Boulevard off to your left, it's going to be all that land over there is going to be developed. So it's either going to be like exit 80 or 81. Um, you know, that's, that's what it's going to be. So all of that's going to be the, uh, 
complex. Uh, I'm excited. I think it's a, a great location um, and everything. Nice. Nice, Will. That's good. Shout out to uh, the headquarters, man. All right, let's let's uh, move on to the uh, to some linebackers here. We got Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray. Just in case we miss out on Isaiah Simmons, he's a couple guys that I think you got to go. Maybe I don't know if either one of these guys is gonna make it out of the first, but uh, maybe might be there uh, when we go around in thirty eight. Uh, but what's what's your got, what's your thoughts on a Patrick Queen and uh, Kenneth Murray? They're two outstanding athletes for the linebacker position. I mean, Murray, I think, gives you more in run support. He's got great sideline to sideline speed, great uh, effort player. I know Rule praised him after the Baylor-Oklahoma game. So, I mean, I'd love to have – I think he's going to be a late 20s probably, so I don't know if he'll be there at 38. Right. But definitely if he's there, I wouldn't mind taking him. And Patrick Queen, I just think he showed out during that second half of the season. I mean, he was one of my standout players in the um, bowl game, the playoff game, and in the national championship. You know, just very, another, you know, guy with great athletic traits, solid in coverage. You know, I think, you know, LSU defense just overall had a lot of talent, but I'd be happy with both of them, to yep. be honest, at 38, especially with the need to add more depth at that position. Yeah, I think with, I think with Queen, Queen's more of a coverage guy. I think, uh, pro, according to Pro Football Focus, um, he only allowed 24, 34 targets uh, for 186 yards and, and 12 first downs the entire season, which is crazy. Uh, and then Murray is more, like you said, more of a run stopper. I think the thing with uh, Murray, I think he's he's more, he, I guess, more in the mold of a loop. Not calling him loop because people get carried away when you start making comparisons. But uh, more in the mold of a loop, like in the fact that he can diagnose and attack um, I just don't know that he has the, the the coverage ability that Queen does, and I like coverage ability out linebackers. We got to stop these tight ends and all these little dudes uh, from from taking over. Uh, so I like I'm a, I'm gonna lean more to Queen uh, than Murray just based off of what I read. Uh, I haven't again I haven't seen a lot of film on both guys, but just based off of what I read, uh, which is only a little bit, I like Queen. Uh, Kev, you got any thoughts on all these guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for me. If- for me, it's almost just a little bit. I almost see like splitting hairs. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, the fellas, you know, were bringing it to my attention, uh, particularly about Murray, because when you're watching um, Gallimore, you know, you see Murray, <laughs> you right. know, you know, taking right. advantage of, uh, of the damage that Gallimore, you know, opened up, and it was just like, wow, who is that? I mean, talking about speed. Um, yeah, it, you, you couldn't go wrong with either one of these guys if you decide to, uh, you know, make a move that early. Uh, with Patrick Queen, I mean, as Will stated, I mean, you talking about sideline to sideline. I mean, this guy not only is he fast, but he's under control. Like he has good form. Uh, he squares you up. You know, he's just not out there like wild, reckless, like a Dan Morgan type of player with it. Um, you know, he's just someone that, um, that I, I definitely, uh, you know, think you couldn't go wrong with either way. Um, and if you don't mind, if I just want to throw two more names out there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Go himself. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Going back to the U, uh, Malik Harrison. Uh, now, if you want to talk about a true Mike linebacker, this is your guy right here, 6'3", 246, um, a thumper. And, I mean, he comes with it. He unloads. But, again, he has good form, uh, you know, and, and, and I think that, you know, the defensive line that can occupy box, this uh, Malik Harrison, he's someone that's a day two. Some say day three. Uh, it just depends on how the draft falls, but, 
uh, he definitely was someone that uh, that I say we definitely keep an eye on. And uh, someone that, if it was for Isaiah Simmons blowing away the combine, was Willie, all the Willie hype, Gay? that's Willie Gay Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, out of Mississippi State. Uh, 6'1", 243. I mean, you know, he the knock on him is that he uh, missed eight games due to uh, having the issues with an academic tutor. Uh, so, you know, that's why he missed uh, eight games his junior year. Uh, so, you know, depending on how, you know, some people want to, Make a big deal about that or not? Nah, but, man, we don't, we don't we don't judge we don't judge here at the Panther Nation podcast, man. Whatever you did in college, it's it's a wrap. It's it's, it's NFL now. Hey, you got you, you good you good with me? Yeah. So uh, them two guys, and if we go day three late, uh, I like the Shaquille Quarterman out of Miami. Um, another guy that just flies on the film and just just pretty much clean clocks, but also can play coverage as well. Particularly if you're playing like a lot of zone, short flat area like. Uh, yeah, so then will then will be some other guys that you know later on in the round that you know might want to try on. Gotcha. Okay, we'll do. I like those. This, uh, all right, let's move. Let's move on to 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 my 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 position, man. I'm loving I'm loving these cornerbacks. A lot of good cornerbacks in this draft. Uh, listen, I feel like me personally, I feel like we've neglected uh, the secondary for too long. I know we drafted Dante. Uh, a couple years ago, but I just I I don't think he's that guy as far as the outside goes. Uh, so I I think it's time. I really think it's time within these first two rounds. Uh, if it falls right again, not to reach, but I'm sure one of these two do. Oh, excuse me, one of these bunch of guys that we're gonna talk about will be there, and I think it's really time for us to get one. Uh, but we're gonna start out with Christian Fole and C.J. Henderson. Both of these guys are. Are, can play man to man. They can pretty much play zone. I left Akuda out of this uh, just because he's elite. Uh, I think he's doesn't need to be compared to anybody. Just like I left Simmons out. Um, I, I think uh, I think Akuda speaks for herself and then probably will be gone uh, by seven. But if he's there, please, sweet baby Jesus, let him be there. Uh, let's take Akuda. Um, but Christian Fulton, uh, C.J. Henderson. Any any thoughts on these two guys? Yeah, I think. Um... Before, 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 today, before, I guess Matt Miller, before, before you jump into that, I'm sorry, before you jump into that, my bad. What are your thoughts on the cornerback position, period, before we get into breaking down guys? What are your thoughts on the cornerback position, period? Like, what do you, do you think we should address it? Like, what's, what are your thoughts? I don't think you can win in the NFL if you can't play man-to-man coverage. And I think we've been trying to. Uh, mask a bad secondary for years. That's why we've been so zone heavy, playing a lot of cover three quarters, coverage Tampa two type defenses, and putting our linebackers in tough situations. So, I mean, if Phil Snow comes in and wants to play more cover one man to man coverage, then I think he needs to invest properly in the position. You know, I mean, assuming you know, there could be a situation where Brown, Okuda, and Simmons are off the board. I mean, I have no problem taking a C.J. Henderson at seven. I just think um, we'll get to that in a minute. But I just think you have to make that investment in that position to play more man coverage, and especially with Carolina. I mean, we play in the NFC South. Look what we got to face every year. You got right. Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders now, um, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. And then they're just building and building those receiving corps throughout the NFC South. So we got to be able to have guys that can cover people and match up. So I do think it's an important position that needs to be addressed early, um, day one, day two type 
early in this draft. I'm with you. So, what do you think about uh, the letting Bradbury walk? Um, they complained about his contract, fifteen million, but then you saw Byron Jones go into another deal at eighteen million. So, was it as bad as it uh, seemed? But I just think he was a little too inconsistent for me to want to make that kind of commitment. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, to him. I mean, he's good in, I mean, he's solid in coverage, but I mean, he did well in spot in man coverage, but the Panthers are a zone team. You know, we all know that, you know, they just didn't let him play uh, press that much to be able to, you know, be able to give up that kind of money for him. And then the ball skills, you know, he'd be there in coverage, but, you know, he's not able to get his head around, locate the football and make a play. So he's still giving up big plays occasionally. So, I just think it's a little too inconsistent for my life and to be able to make that kind of commitment to Gotcha. I, I agree 100%. All right, we can we can jump into these guys now. What's your thoughts? Christian Fulton, C.J. Henderson, both really good cornerbacks, expected to go uh, in top 15, top 20 maybe with Christian. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't know about seven. I probably would want to trade back. If I'm, if I'm going to take one of these two uh, in a Cooter Brown, if Akuda Brown and Simmons are gone, um, and two is gone, I'm probably gonna trade back and get me an extra pick or so, and and still probably grab one of these cats. That's just 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 me, just me. Yeah, I think I heard news that uh, Jacksonville liked C.J. Henderson at nine, and I think Atlanta was willing to trade up and get yeah. him in the top ten. Yeah, He's a lot higher on draft boards than what the media uh, okay. gave him credit for, which happens a lot. Yeah, Atlanta's, Atlanta's trying to trade to get a Cuda, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're moving in the top five. They're looking at getting into the top five now. Yep. So I think Atlanta wants one of these corners. And I don't think any of them – I think five corners could possibly go round one. So if we don't get one, you know, we might be stuck at 38. So I guess yeah. the Arnett, Okuda, CJ, Fulton – and possibly uh, Diggs or one of those guys being gone by the time we make our second round pick. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of gambling if you don't get one early. But as far as CJ, you know, you get back to what Matt Rule says. I look at traits, not necessarily polished with these guys coming up. And he has exactly that. I mean, you know, he's 6'1". You know, he's got great length. You know, an elite athletic profile, ran a sub 4'4". You know, he's fluid. You know, you watch those drills at the combine. He's you know, he's just got that size, that fast, that agile, and that fluid in the way he moves. I just think he has a lot of upside as a man cover corner. Now, when you, what I think separates him from Okuda, I think a couple times he lost track of the ball in the yep, air and gave up a sure. couple big plays. Yep. Not a lot, but it's just yep. something you got to make note of. I mean, can't everybody's not perfect. He gave up five. So I think that's the he first gave, thing. He gave up, my, my fault, he gave up five uh, catches that went for 40 plus yards. Just the Put give yeah. you a number. On yeah, that. one I think he just got lost in a zone coverage, but the other two he just kind of lost track of the ball in the air and wasn't able to make a play on the ball. So I mean that's just something that's got to be fixed. And then the other thing, I mean, he made some what let's call them business decisions. We'll just say, you know, he had a Miami game. I just think he just poor tackling effort at times, and you just don't see that with Okuda. So I think those things kind of knock him, kind of concern you a little bit. But I think teams will take that chance because of his athletic upside. 
So I think he's cornerback two or CB two in this draft. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. see him as a top twelve pick probably. Uh, Christian Fulton I like as well. I mean, he plays a lot of man coverage at LSU. I thought he made some great plays actually in that cover two. You know, sitting in the flat, baiting the quarterback, reading his eyes. You know, he's able to make some great plays doing that. He got a little grabby at times. I think in the first couple games, he had a couple uh, pass interference calls and non-calls. Um, he did also, like CJ, had a few times where he was unable to, you know, locate the ball. And I think he gives up a little bit more separation on those in-breaking and out-breaking routes than CJ. You know, I think um, – and he doesn't have that athletic upside. So I think that's what's going to make CJ a top 12 versus Fulton a top 20. I don't. I, I like. I think both of them. If you can get one of those three guys, though, I think it's a W. Yeah, Carolina. I think we desperately need uh, somebody at that to help at that position. Yeah, with uh, with Fulton, with Fulton, he gave up. He has a career completion percentage allowed against him of forty three percent, which is kind of crazy. It's all it's damn near fifty fifty. Like you, like you, you got to get your mind right when you when you throwing towards Fulton. So uh, it's pretty good. Um, uh. Kev, you got any thoughts on on either of these two guys or the, or the cornerback position in general? I know you're a trench man, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I had to evolve. Like I think, you know, guys like um, Will Harris and uh, uh, Vince Holmes uh, and uh, Jadarius uh, McCoy, uh, who are like in our college uh, college scout guys that are really uh, up and bringing along. Uh, real quick, since we're talking about cornerback, I just got an update on my phone. Uh, y'all familiar with A.J. Green out of Oklahoma State? Yep. Uh, his father just passed away. Oh, man, that um, sucks. Yeah, uh, he just posted on his uh, Twitter. I just got an alert. I just, uh, uh, like, I was talking about it just now, and I just pulled it up. And, um, like, he just uh, lost his pops, man. And, you know, he's a uh, – he was actually, uh, if y'all remember that picture, he was the one running that drill at Oklahoma State's uh, day when Herney was uh, kind of looking like nonchalant. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, that was actually uh, AJ Green right there. So yeah, so uh, you know, rest in peace to um, his pops, and you know, um, I know that's gonna, you know, you know, that's gonna have an effect. But I hope he can, you know, uh, get through it. You know, yeah, pr- prayers for that man. Yeah, someone like myself who lost my father early too. I know how that is, so I definitely uh, hope uh, hope he bounce back. Um. Yeah, but as far as those two players uh, go, uh, nothing really extra I can add. I don't want to uh, regurgitate. I mean, really can't miss with either one of those players. Um, you know, I kind of like to focus on the day three guys. You know, Marty Herney can't get day three right to save his life. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. So, that is a fact. <laughs> so what we're saying yeah, is, so, uh, what we're saying is, we don't have to live stream on Saturday. Yeah, that's what. Is that what you're saying? saying? Is that what I'm hearing? We're just going to do so, Thursday, <laughs> Friday. <laughs> and just, just check and know out. that Hurdy's not going to get Hurdy go on auto-draft. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's yeah, funny. That's funny. Yeah, or, or, or Axe Mad, you know, one of those. <laughs> All right, so we – uh, I mean, Just a couple – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. Thanks for real quick. Uh, um, Damon Arnett out of Ohio State. Um, I like him. Will told me that uh, he's, he's more like your press cover three type of guy. You know, kind of the mold of uh, how uh, Richard Sherman plays position. So, uh, I think he'll be someone you know worth looking at as well. Uh, this is the the guy to play opposite of Okuda at uh, at Ohio State. Uh, a guy that I'm high on is uh, Jalen Johnson out of Utah. 
I don't know if he stuck out to one of you guys. Uh, this is someone that I see we're talking about playing cover one. Like this is this is the guy that was lined up inside, outside, and thought this guy this guy was covered the number one wide receiver, and uh, he did it quite well actually. Um, he has very fluid hips. Uh, got a strong jam at the line of scrimmage. I mean, if we decide to go lock lock him in, bump and run, uh, he's someone I definitely um, definitely like. And um, a little feisty nickelback I like for us would be a, a Meek Robertson out of uh, Louisiana Tech. Oh yeah, I like a Meek. Um, that dude is that dude's special. He he doesn't play like he's five nine. You watch him on film. Um, he he has no fear. He's right out there with him. He high points the ball well. He makes plays. He gets his hand on the ball. I know some people will be like, I oh, mean, he's only five nine. He's too short. Like seriously, that's that's what we do now. We just you know. But anyway. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he's someone. Uh, he's someone that I like, and um, another guy to think about. Rule recruiting him um, to Temple actually before he left. Harrison Hand, um, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. This is a day two guy. Uh, again, another strong he's a, guy. He's a bigger play. guy, right? Yeah. And he taller? Yeah, he's yeah he's six foot about a buck ninety two. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, he's someone that um, uh, that you know sticks out as well, and also. Uh, one last guy, Josiah Scott out of Michigan State. I saw that we uh, had a meet with yeah, him yesterday. Yeah, we, we met with him, yep. Yep, so um, for him as well. So We, also, know, we also met with uh, Amik. I think we met with Amik twice uh, on two different occasions. I think at the con- either the combine or one of the pro days or something, and then a virtual meeting. So I think they, they yeah. really like Amik too. Um, and that kind of goes with, uh, with Herney's draft history. He likes – he likes meeting with those guys, especially well, specifically in the first. It's got to be multiple, multiple touch points uh, for him to draft you in the first that first round. So, and that rolls right into Derek Brown. Just by the way, um, we've had two meetings with him. Um, but my fault. Go ahead. Yeah. So you know, those are the guys I pretty much had. And real quickly, you know, um, how do y'all feel about Dante Jackson like being moved around versus just being just an uh, outside corner? Because I think that's what fit him best at uh when he was at LSU, and I just think if we if we just get some playmakers in the corner, and if we could just move him around to like free safety, yeah, you know, just move, just don't have to. I think that I think that'll really enhance his game. So what, what you guys think? I I agree. I, I, I agree, but I'm concerned because I don't think we have the bodies for outside right now. We're gonna have to draft heavily at that position. Yeah. Like instead of it's like we were talking earlier about double dipping at DT. We might have to double dip that corner if we're talking about moving Dante out from the outside. I, I agree. I think that, I think we tried we tried it. Um, I think the year last year, year before last, we tried moving him around. I just outside. I don't think that's that's not his his. He he got he got to come out from outside. I don't think outside is where he needs to be. Um, and right now, if the season started today, he'd be a starting corner cornerback outside. I think he needs to move inside. Uh, and. Or again, like you said, move him around, but I just don't think outside is this spot, um, and that's why I'm so ha- I'm so ha- we have got to address. There's a ton of cornerbacks. Uh, I-, I got AJ Terrell and Trevon Diggs on my screen right now. Um, we got we got to get one like or or a couple of these guys. Like Dave said, we've got to start addressing this joint. Um, but I-, I agree. I agree with you. Dante does need to be moved around for sure. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm the only guy thinking like. No, it's I, just it's just the thing is like we're kind of in a trap, right? So like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, we should move Dante around, but I, then I think about who we have on our roster right now. 
<laughs> we do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like at that point, Cole Luke could be a number one corner. Yeah, like Cole, Cor- Corn Elder at Nickel or something like that. Yeah, like nah, man. I, I, <laughs> we gotta leave Dante there until we draft some folks that can replace him. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie, we use all eight picks on defense. I would not be mad. Give me about two or three corners, two or three defensive linemen, a linebacker, hey. safety. Let's go. Hey, yeah. I tell you what, that chat ain't gonna be happy because they all want a receiver. Yeah, really. Might. I think I do think we need. Can we just sprinkle one receiver in there? Because I think we need like, to grab one of these guys. But I do, I do I do think we need that's why and that's not why I'm so because listen at the end of the day this we're not gonna fix all our issues in this draft like there's not just, there's not just, one there's not one player that's gonna fix our problems this year and we're gonna be a playoff team but but but, but four or five can because this is why I think we're gonna be going defense heavy because the offense has been worked on in the off season we traded for Okun we picked up Bridgewater we picked up Robbie Anderson. We didn't really do that much on defense. Like, we got Whitehead, but we really haven't done too much on the defensive side of the ball like that. Right. We lost Bradbury. Luke retired. Like, we, we're we not we're, – we're gotta, we got to rebuild this defense. We're going to have a new coaching staff, new defensive coordinator. But let, let me – This let is me, his time to shine. Dave, let me finish my thought, though, real quick before I forget. But as I was saying that there's not, go, there's not one player that's going to change this draft. So, even if you take a Derrick Brown, you take – uh, 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 even if you take a Nakuda, like that one player is not gonna make us a playoff team. Like we got so much, we got so many holes. Like that's why I think trading back needs to be under serious consideration because we need as many picks as possible, in my opinion, to effectively rebuild. We can't, again, not one player, Simmons, Derek Brown. No, there's not one dude that's gonna change this entire franchise and make us a playoff team. So I think we need to really consider trading back. Uh, or just add and pick somewhere um, because it, it, it's it's not happening this year. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, it, and again, it depends. It, it it depends who's there. It, it, it definitely depends who's there. Go ahead, Kev. No, I said best case scenario, we draft Derek Brown at seven, and then we do a couple of trades back day two and day three. I always felt like this is a perfect draft. You got ten draft picks to really just solidify a whole lot you know what I'm saying like this I, I mean I don't know I, I know Herney said that they're in position to trade up trade down or stand still uh, you know whatever falls to us at seven I, I'm, I'm hoping that we're listening to deals to to move back and, and get a couple of picks uh, at least two or three extra picks I, I would love to I would love for us to go from eight picks to ten if we possibly could you know? I agree I agree we need bodies man we need multiple bodies. Not one player is going to fix it. That's why we need multiple. So I, I, ten picks would be dope. I, I agree there. Um, so real quick, I did. I did want to. I'm not going to hold y'all up here too long because it, it is about ten o'clock. So we're not going to get to the offensive guys. But I did want to get your thoughts on Bryce Hall, Bryce Hall, and then my guy uh, Noah Igbinagane. I think I said it right. I want to. I want to get your thoughts on those two guys specifically because I think Bryce Hall is being slept on. More of a zone guy. Um, but, uh, and I like him a lot. I think he's, he's sliding a bit, uh, but Bryce Hall and Noah, what you think about those two cats? Well, I'm a uh, UVA fan, so I'm very familiar with Bryce Hall. I think, um, you know, unfortunately he had that ankle injury, so he might, um, get lucky and slip right to us later right. in the draft than he's expected to go. But I mean, he's a lot, I mean, for that size as a cornerback, that athleticism, he's got good instincts. I think he's like your prototype. 
zone corner, you know, just sit back, read the quarterback's eyes, use that length to disrupt throwing lanes. So, I mean, I think he's possibility if you want to run that zone, heavy zone scheme, and he can be that great cover two, cover three corner that can um, contribute right away as well. So, yeah, I'm high on him as well. Then the um, Auburn, I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> Yo, I struggle too. <laughs> I struggle. I struggle yeah, getting that joint out. No one. Probably long zone corner. So, I mean, I think both of them. You know, if you can't get a CJ or Kuda or Fulton early, definitely look into these guys. Got to double dip. We got to double dip, man. Take both of them. But yeah, I think a lot of people are talking about Dansler in the chat. I think Dansler got to put some weight. He got to get his weight up. I think he like a a good buck buck 80 or something like that like he's a lightweight dude he's lengthy i think six two buck a uh, buck 85 maybe uh so we got to get his weight up he'll get thrown he'll get tossed around uh so i'm i'm not quite high on dazzler uh but uh but i am on bryce and uh oops and and no i like noah a lot dude super physical bro super duper physical um but dave dave any thoughts on these corners bad i know you i know you loving these corners b Listen, man. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, I know we don't, we're not going to get into offense like that because of the time restraints. But the bottom line is, we're talking about what's going to happen on Thursday and Friday. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I agree. Like, we're, we're, because, because I, I just think they focus so much on the offensive side of the ball in the offseason. It's like, they're going to, like, I know people are like, we got to draft an offensive line and we got to take a wide receiver. And I'm like, we still can't stop the run. We still can't stop the pass right now. So, so real quick, I, I just take a, a real quick broad statement from you guys. What do you think about the top offensive line guys? Would you would you take any of those guys at seven if they, if they fell to you? Are you really really high on one guy? Um, what's your thoughts on the offensive line guy? The top offensive line guys, or the tackle the tackle specifically? I think um, Andrew Thomas has been my um, offensive tackle one. I'm with you right there. The I feel you. And I never moved off of that. I feel you, brother. We right there. People. Um, I think he's the most fundamentally technically sound. I know the, it's funny because all the mock drafts and media try to bias your opinion one way. They're all saying, no, it's Beckton and worse. Look at their athletic freaks and do this, this, and that. But then when the draft gets closer, now all of a sudden you're seeing, oh, word. Rumors are that Andrew Thomas is going to be the number one tackle taken. And I'm like, I never moved off of that. I mean, he's most fundamentally sound. He was productive. Never, I mean, I think he only gave up, well, one stat, which really wasn't his fault. And if you look at the play, he did what he was supposed to do. He was Calavian chase on. He ran him off, but the quarterback didn't step up in the pocket. So, of course, the lineman takes the blame for that. But um, I think Andrew Thomas, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know what Matt Rule and company have in store, but, I mean, I think he could be a possibility there. I don't know. I think the interior O-line class isn't very strong this year. You're not going to have any guys go day one. But, you know, day two or three, I mean, you look at a Matt Hennessy or Lloyd yeah. Cushenberry or Cesar Ruiz, you know, considering Matt Paradis gave up, what, 43 quarterback pressures mm, last year. Talk about the it. There is a need as well. This team just has a lot of holes in it. <laughs> Yeah, I do like I do like uh, Cushenberry, former LSU guy, and then you got Matt mm-hmm. Hennessy, former uh, Temple guy, Matt Rule guy. So, uh, gotta look at those connections. I don't think uh, I don't think I think I, I think I've said this a couple times. Uh, I do think that we'll get at least two 
players with the connection to uh, our staff. So whether it's a Temple Baylor connect or whether it's going to be an LSU connect with Brady, I think they're going to because the way the draft is set up and they didn't get to touch all the guys or call up pause. They didn't get a, a touch to uh, get a chance to call and meet and do the go through the proper process. I think they're going to go safe in some scenarios, especially when it gets late, and just take what they know. Um, maybe not out off the rip with the first first rounds, but when it gets later, I think they're going to start relying on what they know uh, and take take guys they're familiar with. Um, right. All right. So right, and maybe even they do go with the Justin Jefferson or Denzel oh, that, Mims. That would be know, awesome. With those guys. That would be great. <laughs> that would be great. I I need one receiver. I know we're going heavy defense. But give me at least one receiver, bro. We need one of them. It's it's super deep. Wide receiver is super deep. We need at least one of them cats. And if you can go, we're gonna you, we're gonna we're gonna mess around and draft two offensive offensive players. And then the first two weeks of the season, you're gonna be screaming about the fact that we can't stop the run. We can't bro, stop the pass. We can't stop a soul, bro. I'm not. But gonna, hey, hey, Dave. Hey, sling it. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. <laughs> I ain't gonna be stressing about nothing, bro, because my expectations are super low for next year. I ain't gonna be stressing, bro. It is what it is. It's for what whatever happens next year happens, bro. I'm not about to get up here on this podcast and start screaming and complaining about stuff. It just is what it is at this point. So, uh, we pull some upsets in the beginning. You you you'll come around. Yeah, we so might you, get we might get you, one you, or two. You you you'll come around. I mean, it just you know it's the it's the look. It's the NFL, man. It is, but my it's expectation, the NFL. My expectations are I mean, super low. You just never know. You don't know. You never know. Look, the Miami Dolphins tried to tank last year. What happened? They, had, they were one of the best teams in the league to close the year. They won five of their last however many games and had one of the best records in the league through, I think, November and December. They tried to sabotage that coach. Winning five games. So you even tried to intentionally tank and it didn't work. They tried to sabotage the brother, man. They tried to sabotage Brian Flores at the beginning of that year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell us before we go, just a couple, you know, you know, talking about linemen. Um, I don't know about it day one, but day two, uh, you want a Ron Khalil, more athletic clone, Nick Harris out of University of Washington. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a senior. Um, uh, he's a little light, you know, per se, about 290, but you're talking about getting to the second level, high intelligence. Uh, he reminds me of a more athletic Ron Khalil. Uh, he's someone to keep an eye on. Um, day two, possibly day three. And then uh, Will can tell you this. I was I brought the guy's attention of Detain Muti, Mutai out of Fresno State. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a nasty, vicious mauler, spit on your mama, your grandmama, because she is <laughs> me type of guy. Uh, he plays predominantly left side. He's a left bar, but can't play left tackle. Um, he's someone that, uh, uh, you know, I, I, hey, I got a, I got a romance with a man. I, I, I just like his play. You know, he, uh, I think he had like 52 pancake blocks this season. I mean, wow. the guy just get so woody off putting you in the dirt and like looking at you, you know, he's just got that, that nastiness. Cause you know, we were like 28th in power run blocking last year. So for all that McCaffrey did running the ball, it was more so his own elusiveness in our run blocking ability. So, you know, a guy like, uh, Ethan Muti would definitely be a addition. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. I think that's, we're going to wrap it up. Um, I, hey, what you guys doing for the draft? Like, are y'all doing any live streaming or anything like that? No, we didn't grab any uh, thing playing draft night. Maybe something after once we know who we got. But... Ah, okay. All right. Well, just oh, you you got an open invitation if you guys want. Uh, I'm opening up the our um 
our Zoom meeting to like a, a bunch of people inside our group me, our group chat. Uh, and if you guys want to join in, I, I'll send you guys a link. If you're not doing nothing, whatever, you can come through and, and chill with us draft night. Uh, but yeah, man, I love what y'all doing, man. Shout out to uh, Will and Kev from the, from the Four Man Rush for for joining us, man. Again, you guys are doing great work over there. I'm learning a lot from y'all, so I appreciate y'all work. Just want to show my appreciation for y'all. Um, it's good stuff over there, man. Good times. I really appreciate y'all coming over too. I said, uh, all right, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, anytime. Stay safe out there, gentlemen. Yep. All right, you too, man. Yeah, All right, yeah. Hey, make sure make sure y'all go over subscribe to the Four Man Rush. I'm gonna link their uh, channel into in our description box. Uh, we'll make sure y'all y'all hit them up. Good stuff over there, man. Appreciate y'all. All right, man. Thanks All for right. having me. Y'all we'll do All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Have a good one. Y'all too, fellas. I was great. All right, that yeah. Was excellent. Good good times, man. Good times with the Four Man Rush. We did. We didn't get a chance to get into all of the content we wanted to get into just because of time constraints. I don't want to hold hold y'all up here too long just because we're going to be right back here Thursday night. Again, remember, Thursday night, 8 p.m., we will be right back in the building. I'm opening up the Zoom to everybody in our group me. So if you're in the group me, I will drop the link to the Zoom. Cam up. Get your camera popping. Get your camera up. And we're going to be in the, in the, in the draft talking-ish. Okay. Best Buy's doing curbside. I don't want no excuses. Target's still open. Walmart's still open. Cam up. Get your cameras popping, man. Cam up. All right. Um, Look, I haven't had a hair. Uh-oh, Dave, you breaking up. Say that again. You broke up. I said, I ain't had a haircut in a month either, man. I'm in Scruff McGruff status right now. Yeah, man, it is what it is. I, w- I would say the same. I haven't had a haircut. In- I haven't had a haircut in, like, 13 years. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. All right. All right. So um don't go out like Teddy just he Ted did Teddy get what was the, what was the consensus? What happened? What I happened with that the Teddy, Teddy? I heard that Teddy was winning it pretty pretty uh pretty good. But then but the technical difficulties is getting getting with him. And I guess yo baby yo Fonte got a funny na- nickname for Babyface. He called that man Shady Face because the shade that he's throwing at him, you have to eat sorry at The comments? Yeah. Yeah, Baby Face comments is crazy. I, just, I don't know if it's slick dissing or if he's doing it intentionally uh, or it's just his. Yo, yo, man, Fonte was like, I like the explosions. Shady Face strikes again. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. I got to I gotta, I gotta yeah, check that out. The died, man, during the battle. Damn. That's a... Oh. Man, you ain't gonna charge a joint up. You ain't gonna plug it up and just have it charged. I got. I gotta check out the replay, bro. I check out the replay tomorrow. Yeah, I heard that Teddy was. At, I heard that Teddy brought him to work. Based on the comment I was watching, saw it on Twitter. It was like Teddy brought brought the goods. Yeah, he had but, to after after last week. He owed it to the people. Yeah, but it's all, all right, right, man. I'll catch. I'll catch the replay. All right, thir- the replay. Thursday night, man. Cam up. My chat cat, shout out to the chat cats in the group me. Y'all will have access to the Zoom. Uh, we gonna the drinks will be flowing. We're gonna have the beer count for Dave. Uh Dave. <laughs> I gotta find some beer, man. I'm gonna yeah, Dave, Dave definitely gonna go on a beer run. I know you're gonna be ready, Dave. Don't 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 go out like that, Dave. Oh, you gotta you gotta have the beer count. Dave, we've had the beer count for the past 
I three, know, four man. drafts. But you know what we didn't have the last three or four drafts? A new coach? The Rona. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. The Rona was not the, the Rona was not uh Man, I was I was in Target. I was in Target earlier today, man. Casting had a mask on. Folks think there's nothing wrong. I'm like, yo, I'm getting worried about this. Yeah. Nah, man. I don't have to go into work. I don't have to go into work. Now nah, I'm at the crib. I don't know when when they go open back up. I'll find out tomorrow at my team meeting. Uh when they when they go open work back up. It's crazy. I'm I'm working from home. So they're not so your building's not open at all? No no no, we can't no, it's open for like select people. Like uh, I'm I'm IT, so we we'll be the last people to go back in. Yeah, man, like Yeah, Marcus, that's bad. Like we're in our building we're kicking folks out if they ain't got their mask on. We ain't playing, man. Cause, you know, I mean, there's a lot of companies that've got that's, that's had folks that's, that had COVID nineteen. So I'm not. Yeah, that's that's wild, man. I'm not. Rhode Island's a hot spot now, so I'm good. Super crazy, bro. I'm good. Super crazy. But in the middle of everything, I mean, the next to Connecticut, the next to Massachusetts, they have a bunch of New Yorkers that got houses in Rhode Island. Like they're in the middle of the whole thing. I'm good. They went up in cases today too. Good. Yeah, no, nah, f that dog. They can keep that. They can keep that. I mean, if I gotta come in, I'll go in. But yeah, there's talks that they're thinking about closing the grocery stores up here. Nah, you can't close the grocery stores, B. Well, just to make it curbside only, like, cause the people aren't gonna listen. They're gonna force their hand and gonna make them. They're gonna pretty much say, "All right, well, curbside only." So if you ain't good with the internet, man, you in trouble. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, nah. like in my city, in my city, they they signed an executive order. Like, if you don't have a mask on when you go into public places, the stores can kick you out of the store. They can tell you you gotta leave. And I think they want to find people, so we'll see. That's wild, man. No, no bueno, no bueno. All right. Uh, so Dave, we're gonna we're gonna close this thing out. You 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 got all your thoughts out. Man, again, remember, eight p.m. Thursday is draft week. We finally got some live sports to ingest and 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 be grateful that we have. It's gonna be comedy, you know that, right? It is, man. But we gotta take it for because what it is. Let me tell you something. These cats, yo, like we're about to find out how old the NFL truly is because these cats ain't about this weefy life. Nah, <laughs> we'll, we'll not. see. Oh my goodness, it's gonna be hilarious to watch. It is gonna be bad. But alright, let's get up out of here, Dave. Let me let me run this outro. You won't be able Thank to hear you for it. Listening but... to the Panther Nation podcast hosted by Rashad and David. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you are notified when new episodes are posted. You can also catch episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and Podcast Addict. Review and rate this episode five stars and share it with all the Panther fans you know. And always remember, keep pounding. Thank you for listening to the Panther. Keep pounding, people, yo. We about to get up out of here. See y'all on Thursday, all right? Peace out. You are muted, Dave. There you Peace go. Peace out, guys. All right. <laughs> keep pounding. All right.